What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. United Airlines continues its totalitarian mandates as they continue their legal cases. We review Joe Biden's first year in office, and we continue to watch markets try to stay afloat during the correction during inflation here on The Conservative Connection. The Conservative Connection. Ladies and gentlemen, I am back, and it has been too long again, unfortunately. Um, I've been dealing with uh, a lot in my family, uh, a lot of fights coming to the door that I did not expect, but I am all here for it. My life is like a movie. Something interesting is always happening. Something exhilarating is always at the door, and I am all here for it every single day. And you know what? It's exciting. That's the kind of life I want to lead, something that where something is always happening. And you know what? That's why God created me in this time. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm young. That's why I'm here for this emotional roller coaster that is the political landscape and why I continue to want to comment on it and bring people into it and discuss it with all of you. And I have to say that I appreciate and love all of you. This is Mark's, I think, the official year one of our podcast being out on the conservative connection. And I have to say all of you guys sticking by all of us is really something that I appreciate. And I I know all of the people here appreciate it too. So I wanted to first say, uh, if if you have not already, uh, please give us a five-star review. If you can, it really does help us. And uh, I wanted to read one right over here. So we have a podcast review from Jersey Viking. So it says, these guys are really in touch with what's going on while also being able to still joke around and have fun. Love listening to them. Never a dull moment. And we also had one from, I got to find this name, not Spuds McKenzie. This this is why I love my audience. Um, The education, articulation, and intellect coming from the conservative connection is excellent. They also have the humor, humility, and personality of your average show. A great combination that perfectly combines information and entertainment. And ladies and gentlemen, I have to say thank you so much. Um, A lot of things happen. One of my friends from Britain, who I hadn't seen in years, actually decided to come back over to the United States. So I tried to spend as much time with him as possible. I hadn't seen him since before COVID, and he's a very close friend of mine. Uh, Hi, Nat, if you're listening. But 
I, I took that time off. And also I did feel like a lot of people were being a little bit worn out with the political theater and everything going on. And I felt like some people did need a break. I also needed a break. It was right after the holidays, but uh, we are right back. We've got a lot of things happening. We have inflation. We have the NFL divisional playoffs, which happened. And that was insane. Now Tom Brady saying he might retire. That is another interesting thing. Uh, Funny enough, just as a little sidebar, just a little funny personal story is um, my workplace all had a bunch of bets running on uh, like for a few dollars and we had a giant pool. And basically what ended up happening is we all thought that Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady were going to make it and the NFC uh, versus the AFC and that Mahomes was also going to make it. And I remember taking a picture of, of my predictions and I thought that the the Packers were going to beat the 49ers and the Bucks were going to beat the Rams. And it was going to be Bucks and Brady um, versus uh, Aaron Rodgers. And then they were going to go to the playoffs. And I also thought the Titans were going to beat the Bengals and the Chiefs were going to beat the Bills. Um, honestly, all super close games within like three points. And we all had this pool running and nobody thought that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were both going to get beat. We, we did. We were kind of right about Mahomes. I think I'm right about Mahomes. I think Mahomes will go all the way. And I like Mahomes. And I also like Brady and Rodgers for not only their athletic ability, but also being able to stand up for what they believe in without, you know, thinking twice about, you know, what other people thought of them and just saying, no, this is what I believe. This is who I am. This is this is me. And you just got to respect that. It's just so American to see that. And I, I wish more actors were like that. I wish more football players were like that when it came down to stuff that they really did believe in. And I wish people would just kind of leave them alone. But anyway, the person who, the people who are now in the running were people who chose randomly whatever they thought they were going to. like. So, so they just filled out the form randomly. And now those people are the closest to winning the jackpot. So congrats on you for if I work with you. I just want to say, <laughs> man, uh, that is that is some luck right there. But yeah, just, just kind of a funny sidebar. But over the course of the holidays, speaking of what's been happening while we were off, man, did we have some mixed messages and crazy things going on. So I just wanted to go over... Uh, clip one from the science himself, Dr. Fauci. And this was Dr. Fauci uh, explaining why he was explaining. Well, I'll just have you listen to it for yourself and you can see if you can make any sense out of it. Clip one, go. We are seeing people who are vaccinated and boosted who are getting breakthrough infections. So when you're in a situation where you have so many infections going out, The thing that you want to say is that if you want to do things like that, better do them in a setting where you know the people around you are vaccinated and boosted. We are seeing people who are vaccinated and boosted who are getting breakthrough infections. Two seconds later. Better do them in a setting where you know the people around you are vaccinated and boosted. do you even listen to yourself when you talk? I drift in and out. Yeah, exactly. So like this this makes zero sense to me. Maybe you guys can make sense of it yourself. It's it's kind of funny, you know, now that it's been almost it's been almost 2 years, I believe, now uh, coming up on March, 
But it's kind of funny watching everybody go back to the same things you were saying. Now the CDC and everything else is basically coming back to everything I was saying at the very beginning of the pandemic and the rollouts and everything else. And you can go back and listen to my episodes when I said, basically, um, you know, I, I thought the pandemic was over was the only thing that I kind of got wrong, but not really because like the severity of the cases and deaths did not go up after like Delta was a huge nothing burger, Omicron. You know, we have Omicron, but it's not killing people in large droves. It's not this huge thing. It's it, And people forgot about Delta. I asked uh, one of my uh, coworkers and I said, like, because like, she got COVID. And I was like, did you get Delta? And she's like, well, is that a new vaccine? And she honestly didn't know. But now here we are. And everybody's kind of swung back around to my position because you can go back. What did I say? I said, there is no hardcore evidence that says one of these shots is just going to end the pandemic. And people uh, yelled at me for that. And they said, oh, you're making us look bad. You know, it's 98% effective. And I, I said, look, just I don't see this on numbers in practice. Like you can think that one shot is going to end this pandemic, but I just don't think it's, it's going to happen. And sure enough, we had one shots and then that one shot became a two-parter. And then that two-part shot became a booster and a second booster and a third booster and a fourth booster. And now if I believe they're working on a fifth booster, so 98% effective, 98% effective, 98% effective. I, I wonder if you get to the eighth shot and you're like, am I being tricked? <laughs> I don't know. It, it is amazing to me that you know people are always so critical whenever you try to criticize the, the vaccine, the way we produce and distribute vaccines. And I tell people quite simply, if you really want to get rid of all hesitancy, all you have to do is allow people to sue. It's really that simple. Just allow people to sue your company for damages. After all, you know, they're safe and effective, right? If they're so safe and effective, put your money where your mouth is. If I get hurt, you cover me. I think that's fair. It would get rid of a lot of vaccine hesitancy across America. But, you know, I, you go into a control group like the Amish community, you don't find COVID wiping out whole populations of their children or their elders or anything else. I mean, maybe a few elders got it, but like you don't see half the Amish community dying because they're unvaccinated. And that, that brings me to another scenario um, that we're facing now is you guys are going to have to be very, very, very shrewd when you are looking over data when you are looking over analytics it is not simply enough to just look at a statistic you have to look at how people got to that statistic if there's anything that might compromise that statistic what the statistic is saying and does it stand up to scrutiny now this happens all the time if you go back to the debates i did uh, years ago at my college you'll find people would use statistics and I, w I actually did call them out one time. I didn't get enough time to go over it as much as I wanted to. Obviously, a time debate is very stressful. But they brought up the statistic that said a large majority of illegal crossings in the, in the migrant crisis are happening through legal points of entry. So he said, how could you look at this data that says a majority are going through legal points of entry? and say that we have a problem with illegal crossings through the unprotected parts of the border. And my response to that, and I can elaborate on that now, but I, I went over it a little bit, 
was nobody is measuring the illegal points of entry, not the legal points. You know, we know that people are measuring the legal points, but if you're only measuring the legal points and you're not measuring the illegal points, then you have a percentage, but you have no idea what the whole is. And therefore the whole study is off. How are you going to register how many people cross illegally and in these other points of entry that are not protected when nobody's measuring how many people are crossing illegally? Obviously, we know that a large majority of what you measure is going to be from the legal points of entry. Why? Because it's the only point you're measuring. You have a percentage, but you don't have the whole. Therefore, it's not an accurate statistic. But on top of that, I said, if a large portion of people are coming through legal points of entry, that's an argument for more border security, not less. And that's kind of a way that you have to look at these statistics. Another one was... I can give you another example where people said that Barack Obama created more jobs than Donald Trump. And obviously at the time we had a booming economy and everything else. But then you looked into the Harvard study and what did you find? You found out that actually they were not measuring full-time jobs with benefits. No, what they were measuring was just any kind of job whatsoever. So the real statistic was that under Barack Obama, there were more part-time and seasonal jobs. And under Donald Trump, there were more full-time jobs with benefits. So that's another statistic that they manipulated. Bill Gates, again, created uh, – no, he didn't create. He promoted a book called How to Lie with Statistics. You have to look at things very shrewdly and you have to look at it. And another example of this data is this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, the unvaccinated, the unwashed, the unclean. They are, oh, they're spreading their disease, just going all over the place and spreading diseases. And what do they have to back that up? Well, they say that a majority of the people in the hospitals are unvaccinated. But then that goes into how do you define unvaccinated? You see, What they'll do is they'll say, well, if you've had one shot, but you haven't had two, then you're unvaccinated. If if you have two shots, but you don't have a booster, you're still unvaccinated. If you have two shots and two boosters, well, you haven't gotten the third booster yet, so you're still unvaccinated. Some people will say if you have two shots, but you haven't gotten the fourth booster, but you have three boosters, you're still unvaccinated. And even if you got every shot and every booster, you still have to wait three weeks, maybe up to a month after you've been vaccinated with the last booster in order to be considered, quote unquote, vaccinated. Everything comes back down to definitions. This is something you guys are going to have to be very shrewd about in the future. And this happens all the time. Statistics are twisted. Definitions are put into different areas. Incomplete data is forced onto the public and shown as if it's completely accurate. And... You guys are just going to have to have enough scrutiny to challenge those kind of statistics. I've given you three examples now. You're going to see a lot more in the future. And here we also had Jen Psaki, and this was over the holidays as well, and a very rare clip of honesty. Jen Psaki, go. In response to a recent statement from Senator Sinema's office indicating she would not be in favor of changing the rules and dealing with these two pieces of legislation. 
Uh, look, I think that uh, everyone is going to have to take a hard look at where they want to be uh, at this moment in history as we're looking at efforts across the country to, uh, pre to prevent people from being able to exercise their fundamental rights. We're going to have to get in line to figure out how we can challenge and take away people's fundamental human rights. You guys can call that a gaffe if you want. Maybe it is a gaffe. But I don't know how you twist words that much to sound that bad. Usually a gaffe is something like Joe Biden, you know, saying, you know, a gaffe is when you say one thing but mean your mother. <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of what a gaffe is. You, you take one word out. Maybe you substitute it with another word. Do that with Jen Psaki's clip. It's really hard. Play, play it over. You know, it's on recording. You can hit rewind and play that over again. That is an insane quote to have. And obviously now we know better when it comes to these shots. And uh, people, you know my position on the shot. I said from day one, you couldn't pay me to get the shot. And honestly, my position has never really changed on that. It, it never has. The more I see on this shot, the more I, I look at it and say, what does this do? I'm not vaccinated. And why, why would I get this shot at this point? I'm a young man. I, I have extremely low risk for a fatality. Um, me and my entire family, we already had COVID. And now the CDC has come out and says the vaccine or the jab or whatever you guys want to call it. I know some people don't want to say vaccine, whatever it is. This shot doesn't prevent you from contracting the virus anyway. Plus, to quote um, Director Walensky, what the vaccines can't do anymore is prevent transmission from the virus. That's just me quoting CDC director. What I'm seeing a lot in, in my neighbors, again, my neighbor had permanent heart damage from this, or he had to have an operation. And the nurse said, well, it's, it's better that you have permanent heart damage than if you got COVID. These are the kind of people making your medical decisions for you. It's not exactly the best thing in the world. So it's been affectionately named the clot shot by people who are, are seeing these problems. So short-term effects, not, not really, don't want those. And then the long-term side effects, we're not even sure. And now what they've done is they have these directors of all these different agencies have said, you can mix and match your boosters and your shots. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what happens when you mix and match different shots and different boosters from different companies? How do you know which one was the crappy one when you're studying it 40 years into the future when they come out with this data that they say they're going to come out with? How do you know if it was Pfizer's shot or Johnson & Johnson's or if it was uh whatever shot is still available, you're not going to know because you mixed and matched all of them. It could be any one of them. So we're really going to have no idea. So, and then again, if you have autoimmune issues, we still don't know. I have high blood pressure too, like on top of it, I'm not going to risk that. So we don't know what those long-term side effects are. And then the mainstream media has refused to cover this for a year, but now we're seeing a new study that has proved that these shots actually impact women's menstrual cycles. What did, what did 
people say, oh, before you get this shot, I think I, I even saw some reports saying you should freeze your sperm or you should freeze your eggs. And uh, that kind of went away because it freaked everybody out. But now they're saying it affects your menstrual cycles. Now, if any of you guys have gotten these shots, I don't know to what point this is going to affect you. I really don't. But if you want to look at it, um, we don't know what the long-term negative side effects are on hormones and fertility. We just don't. It's not available to us at this point. But they have admitted that is happening. And uh, what's another thing? Oh, we're selfish. You're selfish. It's This is, I'm selfish because I want to make my own medical decisions. I, I do not understand this. And here's what you guys are going to have to do. You're going to have to reframe the propaganda terms and the narratives, and you're going to have to put them in your favor. I was at a protest um, with a bunch of my friends and family, and uh, we were next to the road. And uh, shockingly, you know what, in Illinois, you find a lot of people who are honking and supporting you in Illinois, of all places. Now, granted, we're close to the Wisconsin border, but at the same time, I'd say like 80 to 90% of the people there were cheering us on. The only uh, the only downside was they were all wearing face masks, which if you're wearing a face mask alone in your car, I, I don't think I can reason with you. I, I really don't. I mean, it's like trying to reason with somebody who sleeps alone with a condom. It's just not, there's nothing I can say to you that would actually knock some sense into you. Like at that point, I just give up. But this one guy comes up. And he's so mad and he's so thing. I was holding a let's go Brandon sign. So it was like a bull with a red cape. He just kind of zeroed in on me with these blazing red eyes and started screaming and calling me crazy and everything else. And um, he brought up these shots. And, you know, because it, it's an anti-mandate protest. So we're all marching and everything else. And he brought up these shots. And I just said, sir, is it so crazy that I just want to be left alone? Is, is, is that a ridiculous idea that I just like, I'm just tell people to leave me alone? That's all I want. It's my whole political philosophy. And honestly, people don't know what to say to that. I, I said the same thing um, when it came to, you know, uh, I think somebody was, we were at a Bible study and somebody brought that up and we were talking about whether or not we should obey the government. And Benjamin Franklin once famously said that rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Now, really, when the Bible talks about submitting to authorities, I really believe that was defining you as being a good citizen, not trying to stir up trouble, not trying to pick fights, not doing things that are illegal, respecting the authority around you. But there's a reason the Greek the Greek words and the different words are defined as submit, not obey. There's a difference between submit and obey. But anyway, to get back to the point, if you guys reframe it and say, look, I just want to be left alone. That's all I want is to be left alone. You have to understand that any person who challenges you on that and says that your political philosophy of wanting to be left alone is controversial or it like it, it's terrible or it's awful – you have to understand that that per, any person who thinks that you wanting to be left alone is controversial or evil is a stupid tyrant that wants to run your life and dictate how you act and how you live and what you do. That is what happens. And it becomes very apparent when you use that kind of language. And that's why I encourage you guys to do it. Just say, hey, I just want to be left alone. 
really tell me what they say, you know, <laughs> because there's, there's not a, really a lot you can do to fight against that. And this guy at that protest had no idea what to say either. But, you know, people are saying, oh, you need to make the sacrifice for the greater good. It's like, you don't know what this is going to do to me. You have no idea what, like, serious health issues I have that could be compromised by this. Like, it, this is my own medical decision. And that's why I keep saying this is the hill to die on. I mean, if you if we don't have this, we have nothing. We really don't. So, and then forcing people to disclose their medical vaccination status. It's, you know, I don't understand how that is not a violation of HIPAA. Maybe some people have tried to redefine it. I don't see how it couldn't be. But... I shouldn't be required to disclose anything to anybody for any reason for my medical history or anything else. I mean, imagine if you were working at some kind of company and then your boss said that you had to announce every single medication you took for every single ailment. You know, I, I remember this one senator, I couldn't find the clip, but he, or maybe he wasn't a senator, he was a public speaker. And they asked if he had a shot and he said, you know, at, at the time of the AIDS pandemic, you were allowed to ask people whether or not they had AIDS um, and you had to disclose it to them. Because Imagine that, by the way. Imagine how embarrassing and what a violation of privacy that is. You know, it, it really just is insane, the obsession that people have with this shot. And these mandates are obviously immoral. They're unethical. They're illegal. And they won't stop the spread. They won't. Like we've been trying to use these things to stop the spread forever. And now I'm watching jabbed people get COVID from other jabbed people who refuse to be around unjabbed people. So they're only around other jabbed people and they get COVID anyway. Everybody I bet in this audience knows at least one person who was vaccinated and ended up getting COVID anyway. Almost everybody, I can guarantee you, like ask every one of your friends, even Bill Maher and his guests and other liberals are saying that these shots obviously don't work, but Democrats don't want to say that. And the reason really, I believe is because they're trying to hurt other people. They're really trying to just take everybody who disagrees with these shots and they're trying to use these mandates to put them out of work to hurt them. So People can say, well, we have a history of, of vaccine mandates in the country, and they were upheld in 1905. And th they're talking about the same people with, when you look at the history of vaccine mandates in the U.S. with the smallpox epidemic where police were banging on people's doors at like 1, 2 in the morning and just handcuffing them, throwing them on the ground, and forcibly injecting them. And a majority of those were black people, African Americans, whatever the politically correct term is that won't get me in trouble. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I always get, I always get uh, ridiculed for that. I remember when I was a little kid and as a sidebar, just to show you like how, how really politically correct language is not about not offending people. It's about attacking you. When I was a kid, um, around I think 11 or 12, there was this really cute black girl and uh, she had an amazing singing voice. And I remember, I remember uh, asking one of my buddies, like at the, at the recess line, I said, Hey man, who's that? Who's that pretty black girl? She's so cute. She's so pretty. Like she has such a beautiful voice. Like I, I want to get to know her. And uh, he said, dude, are you racist? <laughs> racist? How? I'm like, I'm telling her, I think she's beautiful. And he goes, they preferred to be called African-Americans. 
you're a racist. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, 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 that stuck with me. I was like, how can you call me racist against somebody that I'm attracted to? And uh, I guess the word was going around that I was a racist. And But back then, you know, that's something you cared about as a kid. You go, like, oh, I don't, I'm not a racist. Like, you know. You defend yourself because you're a kid. You don't know any better. You're trying to you're trying to be a good person. And then I grow up and I'm like 18 or 19, and uh, somebody sends me an article by a Black Lives Matter author, and they say, uh, "Hey man, like read this." And I read it, and it was um, it was this article saying that the reason like that being called an African American is offensive and stupid. Like, and why you don't call black people in Canada African Canadians? Like, why do you call us that? Well, the reason this article came to the conclusion, the reason they do that is because you see, you're afraid to say the word black. Why? Because you're a racist. <laughs> so I, I could not win. I could not win. You know, it's, it's the same thing with a lot of these terms. It's like if people, if white people move into the cities, it's gentrification. If they move out of the cities, it's black, it's a uh, white flight. Um, so a lot of those terms, you just guys... I, I don't concern yourself with that because you can't win, you know, even with this term like anti-vaxxer, it's like, no, I'm a vaccine reformist. I think that there's no reason that any medical company should have blanket liability. I mean, why do they refuse to cover damages? Are they anti-vaxxers? Do they not believe in their own products? Yeah, <laughs> it's a propaganda term and it's, it's used to try to dissuade all criticism of the pharmaceutical industries but these vaccine mandates have precedent in our country but they're not good ones so it, it's a grotesque and evil and awful part of history and it should be rejected because it, it's tyrannical so yeah vaccine mandates in some awful evil parts of our history were were there but do we really want to repeat that especially among the black community. I mean, they're suffering enough already after Trump left and the economy went to shambles. And another thing I have to say is like, I have this pet peeve of mine and the pet peeve says, well, I'm, I'm for the shots, but I am, I'm, I'm against the mandates. Let me just tell you guys something. Okay. Every single person in the CDC or in this totalitarian state that has contributed to these mandates. Do you know where they got their money from? From these shots. Those same people who advocate for those shots are the same people in the CDC and the World Health Organization and all these other areas in the concentration camps in Australia. All these people who suggested the mass firings of Americans those people got their money from, you guessed it, the shots. If you think that they haven't, for those of you who disagree with me, have you ever seen the CDC or the World Health Organization or any of these other groups, like the ones that promoted the concentration camps in Australia and these mass firings, have you, have you ever seen them say, hey, you guys can't do this. You're overstepping your bounds. You know, people need the freedom. You, you can't do that. Have you ever seen them stand up and say no? Because I can guarantee you that if you had individual doctors that did, they were probably fired or they probably lost their medical licenses. 
these shots, every single time you get a new shot, every single time you get a new booster, it's like you're, you're handing them fistfuls of cash to lock you down. Okay. <laughs> the best way, the best way that you could ever protest the mandates is to cut off the head of the hydra that keeps growing up. You need to, if you want to protest the mandates, protest the shots that fund the mandates. It's very simple. Yeah, I get very tired of people saying, I follow the science. It's like, look, what what about all the people who didn't want to get it? What are they just Neanderthals? <laughs> they just, they just, they're too stupid to follow the science because the, the truth now is that there's doctors and they're being censored and they're being told that they will lose their medical licenses. And uh, I, I have to play this one clip. And this was a clip from uh, Senator Ron Johnson's hearing in which this doctor, this brave doctor, said exactly what is happening. This is what's happening to the people who are our scientists, our doctors, our medical providers. They're not being allowed to exercise their own medical opinion, and they're not being allowed to actually practice as a doctor. And I think more people need to watch this hearing and more people need to hear this. So clip three, go. Went out to all physicians from the medical board saying, any physician in California who writes an inappropriate exemption for masks or other COVID-related measures will have his medical license subjected to investigation and disciplinary action. So for a physician, just to help you to understand, this kind of uh, threat hanging over your head is worse than the threat of getting fired. If I get fired from a particular healthcare organization, I can go to another health organization or go start a private practice. If I lose my medical license, I cannot practice medicine, okay? That's how serious this is. The letter never defined what might constitute an appropriate or inappropriate mask mandate. So I have no idea if I write a mandate for a kid with a severe anxiety disorder that's worsened by the wearing of a mask. Is that, is that gonna subject my medical license to disciplinary action? Uh, Physicians in California interpreted the phrase and other COVID-related re measures to include vaccines, which had already been uh, rolled out at that point. It has become de facto impossible to get a medical exemption for a COVID vaccine in the state of California. No physician will write them, even when you have someone that has a contraindication listed on the CDC's list of contraindications to COVID vaccines. I have a patient, went to uh, went to her rheumatologist, specialist in her uh, autoimmune condition. This specialist told this patient, I don't think you should get the COVID vaccines given your age, your low risk of COVID. And I think there's a good chance that these vaccines based on the data that we have could worsen your underlying medical condition. She turned to the same physician immediately afterwards and said, can you write me there for a medical exemption? Uh, because I need one for work. There's a vaccine mandate at work. Same physician that just told her not to take the vaccine or recommended against it said, no, I'm sorry, I can't write you a medical exemption because I'm afraid I might lose my license. Are you but telling me that patients who have known life-threatening contraindications that's to right. receive a COVID-19 vaccine indeed that's are right. not being given exemptions? When people say, why don't you trust the doctors? Why don't you trust the scientists? I do. <laughs> I, I trust them a lot. I don't think they gave up their jobs or their medical licenses or they were put under this kind of pressure for nothing. 
And there is a huge conflicting medical opinion happening right now in this country. And doctors are starting to step up and say, you know what, I can't do this. And the people who aren't, well, they're being threatened of losing their medical licenses, which again, as he said, it's worse than being fired. Because at least when you're fired as a doctor, you can go practice somewhere else. If you lose your medical license, all those years of studying, all those years of you trying to get to the point where you can afford everything to, to get to a point where you can help people as a doctor. Well, that's all gone. That's all wasted because you can't work anymore. It really is a scary thing. And it's, it's something that really should have gone to court. It's not something people should be able to do, but it's happening. And a lot of people don't know that it's happening, which is why I have to bring it to your attention. Anyway, we're going to go to a quick break now and we will be back shortly. Stay tuned. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. All right, we are back. Now, we got to talk about uh, the economy and what's going on. So this is a point where we've reached where inflation has gotten so out of hand that whenever we try to make the slightest cor correction to kind of curb it a little bit, brings the markets down. So the, the NASDAQ has been falling almost two points every day. And the crypto market has really seen a really big drop off. We're at levels that we haven't seen since January of 2020 for Bitcoin. We're at levels that we haven't seen for a long time. Now, honestly, if, you, if you're a young guy, this is your kind of chance to get into the market. I mean, Tesla, things like Tesla stock fell from like 1200, 1100 to now like 850, 840. Now, again, this is this is not financial advice, okay? I don't want anybody coming to me and say, you said to buy this. I never said to buy anything. You guys just got to do your own research, okay? I can tell you what I'm buying and what I think is a good deal. I still think Bitcoin is a good deal. I, I'm still in a lot of these holdings. And I, I, now I'm trying to buy in, but it breaks my heart because at the same time, I'm watching people who are close to retirement and they are having their funds just... Uh, challenged and they're going through a rough time. And it is really, really rough to see, especially when they don't have a lot of capital or they lost their jobs or something happened because of these mandates that have been going on. And uh, a lot of people, maybe I'll do a separate episode on inflation one day, but I want you to uh, remember this quote on inflation. This is my quote. You can use it if you want, but I, I think this sums it up in a simple way for the average lay person. Okay. And this is what inflation does to you because people say, what, what's the difference between inflation? Why is inflation such a big deal? You know, you had Biden swearing at Peter Deucer for asking about, uh, you know, inflation. You've probably seen that already. I don't need to play that clip, but this is what inflation does. 
Inflation makes you work harder to pay more with money that buys you less. I'm going to say that again. Inflation makes you work harder to pay more with money that buys you less. It sucks. But the United States economy has gotten so used to printing money, it, it kind of props our markets up. I joked um, in, in, in the preview, you hear me joking about why our tax dollars go to funding rats having sex on cocaine and research like that. It makes no sense. Until you realize that you have to find reasons to print up money so that you can keep your economy afloat. And it doesn't really matter why you're printing the money. We've gotten to a point where we've really painted ourselves into a corner. Either we keep printing money to keep the markets afloat or we try to curb interest rates and we try to curb that inflation and then the market starts to fall. Either way, it's going to hurt. And a lot of the times what governments do is they say, well, we're going to pick the inflation route. Why? Because the inflation one, it's kind of more invisible. It's not as – it's not – you're not going to get as much of a visceral reaction as if somebody sees a, a large red line going down. But if you can dollar cost average into this market, it's always safer to be buying when everything is red in, in valued companies, in companies that are actually going to survive and have a future. It's better off to be buying those companies in the red than it is to be buying at all-time highs in the green. And some people have figured that out the hard way. But it is something that we need to keep an eye on. We can take advantage of it, but hopefully the markets start to recover for everybody's sake, for the people who are buying and for the people who are holding and for the people who uh, cannot afford to buy the dip. You know, The problem with buying the dip is you never know if there's going to be another dip around the corner. And uh, so many crypto guys were saying that, and I, I even started to believe them, that we were going to go to 89000 for Bitcoin, which again – from 67,000, it's not that big of a leap. Now we're back to 37K and uh, I'm trying, I'm here trying to take advantage of it in, in any way I can. But inflation is a legitimate question and we don't know exactly what's going to be happening in the future. So now I want to go back to uh, some something that's a little more personal. Uh, many of you guys know my co-host uh, Rob uh, and he Unfortunately, I had to leave because of his uh, trying schedule, and uh, I respected it 100%. He was an amazing co-host. I miss bouncing off of him. I miss uh, discussing Marvel movies with him. Recently, uh, Rob's uh, mom had a heart attack. So uh, she's been in the hospital, and uh, I've been praying for him and his family, and I, I would appreciate it if you guys, um, if you guys prayed for him as, as well. And um, I hope she's doing okay. And it's, it's something that's really rough and yeah, you know, I, I can't imagine being in his shoes, but, um, Rob, if you're listening, we're all praying for you. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I just hope everything goes well. But, um, anyway, to, to go back, I wanted to, I wanted to air this, um, I, I wanted to air this little 30 second clip and this clip kind of summarizes pretty much how most elderly, you know, wise people thought about this virus. Um, but recently we've seen 
Britain has taken down their mandates and a sweeping move because, you know, maybe it was because Boris was up for re-election. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was because the people just got tired. But this uh, this sweet little lady, um, if I could give her a great big hug, I would. But she basically sums up how everybody felt about this thing in about 30 seconds, amazingly. So we're, we're going to go to this um, young lady. How this got on BBC, um, I'll, I'll never know. But we're going to go to this lady, and this is clip four. Go. Uh, I think it's all ridiculous. We should never have been in lockdown. All the people who are vulnerable should have been helped and kept on safe. And all the rest of us, I'm 83. I don't give a sod. I look at it this way. I've not got all that many years left of me, and I'm not going to be fastened in a house when the government have got it all wrong. We need... How can we get the country on its feet, money-wise? Where's all the money? By the end of this year, there's going to be millions of people unemployed, and you know who's going to pay for it? All the young ones. Not me, because I'm going to be dead. So, yeah. Woman, if I could give you a big hug, I would. Oh my gosh, you just you you summed it up perfectly than I ever could in thirty seconds, more so than I I could in in an hour. So, um, I appreciate that little old lady, and I'm I'm glad to see Britain finally taking down their vaccine passports and mandates, and that's led to a lot of companies like Starbucks as well saying, "No, we're not going to do this anymore." So now. We got to go back to United Airlines. Now, United Airlines has been very stubborn and oh my gosh, this company frustrates me so much because, well, for one, now they have far less flight attendants. So they had a mandate, Scott Kirby, um, the CEO of United Airlines, the woke CEO of United Airlines decided that everybody who didn't get these shots was going to be put on indefinite unpaid leave. Because his view of a reasonable accommodation was putting everybody out of work. So we're going to air uh, Scott Kirby and Ted Cruz's uh, clip. And this is Ted Cruz just really grilling into Scott Kirby with every single thing he did. So we're going to go to that clip. And this is going to be a little bit of a longer clip. But I really believe you guys need to hear this full interaction. So this is clip five. Go. Uh, As a number of senators have observed last year, what Congress did with regard to the aviation industry was critical and it was unprecedented. Uh, We allocated over $54 billion uh, to keep the American aviation industry strong and healthy. Uh, I was the chairman of the aviation subcommittee at the time, each of the CEOs on this panel, and Ms. Nelson, I've spoken to all of you many times. Each of you went on great length making the case that that maintaining our pilots, maintaining our flight attendants, maintaining our personnel in aviation was critically important. We fast forward to where we are today and we find ourselves in a different circumstance and the behavior of airlines has not been uniform. Um, I'm proud to say the two airlines based in Texas, Mr. Kelly's airline and Mr. Parker's airline, I think have been exemplary, particularly concerning vaccine mandates. Both of you have made public commitments that you will not be firing your employees because of failure to comply with the vaccine mandate. I thank you for that. Mr. Bastian has likewise made that commitment at Delta. The outlier here is, is United. And Mr. Kirby, United's behavior on this issue, I have to say, has been deeply disturbing. Uh, I'm a frequent customer of United. I live in Houston. I've got over a million miles on United. There are over 14,000 United employees in the state of Texas. 
And the way United has treated its employees is in marked contrast to your competitors sitting here. Your competitors have said they will stand with their employees. United has not made that same commitment. How many pilots has United fired because of failure to comply with the vaccine mandate? Uh, well, Senator, uh, I'm happy to talk also about the rationale for why we did it. We did it for safety. Okay. I, I, uh, I, I have limited time, safety. so my question is how many pilots have you fired? I believe it is six out of 13. Okay. And how many pilots have you p placed on unpaid leave? Uh, I think it's about 80. Okay. How many flight attendants have you fired? Uh, I don't know the number. In total, it's about 200 employees. Well, I will tell you, I spoke this morning to the airline employees for health freedom that said they had over 2,000 United employees who had been placed on unpaid leave because they sought exemptions from the vaccine mandate. They said that, said that included 331 pilots. I will also note that I have been literally inundated with United employees complaining about United's callous disregard for the rights of the, of the pilots. One of the messages was from a pilot who flew for United for more than two decades, who applied for and received an exemption from your vaccine mandate on religious grounds, and who was subsequently placed on leave with no pay and no benefits, including no medical insurance. Now his wife, who relies on her husband's insurance, has had to postpone a necessary surgery of, with no idea when she'll be able to reschedule because she, she has no idea when her husband will be able to fly again. And you're simultaneously enforcing a non-compete so this pilot can't even go work for your competitors. Another message I received from another pilot, a constituent self-described proud Texan, flew for the Air Force for almost three decades, including missions in Asia, now founds himself on indefinite unpaid leave with a denial of all benefits to include medical, dental, vision, insurance, disability, travel privileges, crew member access to jump seats, denied access to his retirement savings. This morning, I spoke with a 10-year flight attendant for United, a woman named Ms. Adriana Ubali, who is a single mom, an Hispanic single mom from Texas, who you fired she received her termination notice tied in a trash can to her front gate. I have a letter here, Madam Chairman, from, from uh, Ms. Yubali describing the disgraceful treatment she received at the hands of United. I ask unanimous consent this record be entered, this letter Without be entered objection. in the record. Just recently, you're being sued by your employees for mistreating them, for violating their terms of employment. Just recently, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals Judge James Ho, someone I know very well, an exemplary jurist, wrote an opinion in which he described the likelihood of your employees succeeding on the merits as the claims against you, quote, appear compelling and convincing at this stage. And I want to read what Judge Ho wrote about United. Title VII forbids employers from retaliating against employees who attempt to exercise their statutory rights. Yet United CEO Scott Kirby told employees in a company town hall meeting that, quote, very few religious exemptions to the vaccine mandate would be granted and that anyone who even attempted to request one would be, quote, putting their job on the line. I saw that video and it's a disturbing video. He went on to note, this is again Judge Ho writing, the district court thus concluded that United's mandate reflects an apathy if not antipathy for many of its employees' concerns and a dearth of toleration for those expressing a diversity of thought through both its policy and its official statements to employees. 
United has demonstrated a, quote, calloused approach to and apparent disdain for people of faith. Why is United's conduct disregarding the rights of your employees so different from the conduct of your competitor airlines, which are protecting the rights of their pilots and flight attendants and not firing them or putting them on unpaid leave for exercising their religious liberty rights? Well, Senator Cruz, uh, again, we did this for safety. Uh, We believe it saved lives. I think that's my number one obligation is safety, uh, particularly running an airline. Do you have an obligation to your customers? My number one obligation is safety, um, including to our customers. Are your competitors unsafe? Uh, I think that the world is safer um, for us. I made the decision for United. I'll let my competitors speak for themselves. Uh, I made the decision for United uh, that getting everyone vaccinated would save lives and would create a safer environment for all the other world. But I will tell you this. I fly United flight almost every week. Almost without exception, when I'm on one of your flights, I get stopped by a pilot or a flight attendant, often multiple pilots or multiple flight attendants, who say thank you for fighting for us. Your employees are being mistreated and it's disappointing. Your company is better than this and what you're doing is wrong. So what's interesting is you you see Scott Kirby actually admit that masks don't really add much of anything into the air cabin environment. You know, so this idea that everybody's walking around saying, can you put your mask over your nose, please? It's all a bunch of bull. I've seen people get kicked off of flights on the ground for taking their mask off, drinking, and then immediately putting it back off because the... Uh, pursers and the cabin said that you can't have a drink of water while you're on the ground. You know, I, I guess they expect people to drink beverages through masks, but requiring to everyone, everyone to wear a mask is all a charade they've used to convince people uh, to be scared spitless, um, to buy airline tickets, to, oh, it's okay, you have a mask. They don't do anything. So, you know, Senator Rick Scott from Florida also asked United, do, do you respect your employees' religious beliefs? You know, Title VII has obviously been violated here. If you respect their religious beliefs, how can you put somebody out of work? And then you, you saw that you heard that one flight attendant who had a trash bag, basically, with her pink slip in it tied to her front porch. Does anybody believe that that is a reasonable accommodation? Like, if you work for United Airlines um, and you're put on no competes and you can't move over. And even if you do move over to another airline, you have the whole seniority game against you and everything going on there. So is that a solution? A pilot who's making well over $350,000 a year is is now going to say, hey, well, um, you can't work as a pilot anymore, but we've got this alternative job for you. This is Scott Kirby's big solution. We got this alternative job that pays about $30 an hour to stack bags. No, that's a clear violation of Title VII. And he said he didn't even know how many employees were put out of work or how many were fired. Because you know why? Because he doesn't care. These people are so set in their ways that they don't want to be told that they're wrong. And Ted Cruz absolutely just laid into this guy perfectly. But Kirk Lamacher tested under oath that a person who has just tested negative is is safer than a person who's vaccinated. You know, people who are vaccinated are still spreading it to other people. And to for, to for further proof of what happened, we have a news report right after, and this happened over the holiday season, and this is why a lot of your flights got canceled if you guys were trying to fly over Christmas. 3,000, 3,000 of United's flight attendants and workers 
had COVID. Again, they're all vaccinated. They're all like, because if you're not vaccinated, you can't work for United Airlines. They all had these shots and they're still transmitting it and they're still getting it. There is literally no difference between an unvaxxed person and an, uh, and a vaxxed person at this point. But what did they say as cover? Well, it's great. It's great that they all got the, the COVID. You know why? Because if they didn't get the shot, well, they would have died. That's another thing. There is no evidence for that whatsoever. The, the, the survival rate is so high for this. And again, we've already said, like, the CDC has admitted this does not prevent transmission. So Kirby testified in this hearing, again, that the safest place to be anywhere in America is on an airplane. And the American people, you guys have to wake up, unplug from this matrix of mandates put on upon you because you don't have to comply to them. And another thing that frustrates me about United is like if all the workers had bonded together and gone on strike, man, you guys, you guys could have had a lot of things because United – was crappy to them even before the mandates because they decided to take some people and only put them on a part-time hour schedule instead of a full-time hour schedule with benefits. So they lessened their hours, even though they were given the money through the the CARES Act program to not do that. But they took the money anyway and did the opposite. But now they're going over and they're trying to weasel their way back in and beg for, a hand, uh, for some kind of handout from the government again. When right after they took the first handout, they put everybody on indefinite unpaid leave. You know, I'm just, I'm so fed up. And guys, I, I know personal information regarding some of these uh, cases because I've looked into it. Some of these people are being challenged by the company and being lied about saying that they were, that they quit and therefore they can't get unemployment, even though in the same letters they're saying that they were put on indefinite unpaid leave. And a lot of these workers are saying, wait, it's, it's either one or the other. And that's being functioned into the lawsuit too. Because you, you cannot say that somebody was somebody quit of their own accord while also saying they're put on indefinite unpaid leave. That is not a thing. You, It's either one or the other. So United has enough malice to actually repeatedly lie because there have been appeals for the unemployment for some of these workers that I've been talking to and interviewing. And they're still denying this because they have so much malice that they will lie to the Department of Unemployment to make sure that the people they put on unpaid indefinite leave can't even get unemployment because of their religious beliefs. Again, in this lawsuit with United, I hope everything goes well for these people. I can't imagine them not winning the case, but people just need to stop complying because the more you the more you comply, the harder it is for everybody else to fight these things. Companies cannot tell you no for a religious exemption, and I don't want to live in, in a, an environment where they do. Your religious beliefs should be accommodated, you, you, not, especially when it comes to forcing somebody to inject something into their bodies. What, what right do you have after that if you lose that? I just do not understand you know, Psalm 101.7 says, He who works deceit shall not dwell within my house, and he who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. And God is close to the brokenhearted. So if you're hurting right now, if you're going through a rough time, I want you to know God, God is with you. He hasn't left you. 
He's here with you and he's here in your fight against everything. God doesn't forsake his people. I would hope you are a Christian if you're listening to this, but even if you're not, I want to tell you that there's a lot of there's a lot of people here to support you. America, and we've seen this with the truckers movement. I wish that every company in America did what the truckers did. Started off as just some Canadians saying no. Then they got organized. Then they became bigger. And at first they said, oh, it's just a fringe group. It's just a small group of truckers. You don't have to worry about it. But then they got bigger. They got bigger. They got bigger. They started to affect the entire country. And then American truckers joined in. A spirit of unity to fight for everybody else's freedom is what we need. If you guys can... If, if you guys really say that you're Christians or you really want to make an impact even, go to the people that are hurting because of these mandates and help them. A lot of these people, they had really good careers. Some of them were doctors. Some of them were nurses. Some of them were flight attendants, pilots, all these different people. And they can use your help. But please, whatever you do, do not... Get these shots and hand fistfuls of cash to the people who are oppressing everybody else. My time is almost gone for the day. I wanted to show one more clip. Uh, for, for anybody who say that, um, well, the, you can't say it's Australian concentration camps. That's, that's just too much. That's not happening. It's all voluntary. Well, here's a clip of Australian news, and this is clip six of them going over, you know, what happens when you get out of a quarantine concentration camp in Australia. And this is national Australian news in a, in a national mandate, not mandate, manhunt for these people. Clip six, go. Good morning. We start with breaking news out of Darwin, where three people have escaped from the Howard Springs COVID quarantine facility. Talia Saab is there for us. Talia, good morning. There's a search underway right now. Yes, that's right, Davina. Good morning to you. We've been told the trio scaled the fence in the early hours of this morning. Police receiving reports around 4.40am. Now, major police checkpoints have been set up around Howard Springs for the past several hours. As you can see in these pictures, they've been conducting thorough searches in car boots, checking vehicle registrations, cars and buses alike. But in the last half an hour, what we understand is they've actually been dismantled. Exactly why that hasn't been confirmed hopefully good news. We're also not sure yet who these people are connected with, whether it's a repatriation flight or those Aboriginal community members who have been staying here following the Catherine Cluster. Davina, what we do know is that this is definitely going to bring this gold standard facility under intense scrutiny. On Sunday, we had a man escape and found on Darwin's party precinct, and this latest situation is only going to put us under the microscope further. You guys cannot support Big Pharma after what they've done to us. You just can't. 
When you support these shots, you are giving money to the people who locked you down, who wrecked your businesses, who linked up with Planned Parenthood to develop these shots from aborted fetuses. The same people right now who think it's okay for Australians to be locked in quarantine camps and men with guns to patrol the streets, dictating where they can and can't go, or if they can and can't work, or if they can and can't breathe, or how much freedom you get. You guys cannot support and give money to those people. The greater threat is not this pandemic. It's a totalitarian state. That is very obvious. I know some Republicans have now seen a course correction. And we know exactly where this all leads if we keep funding this. I wanted to leave off with this speech by this woman named Christine Anderson. And this will be the final clip in our closing and our closeout. But this is the kind of spirit of freedom I want you guys to be adopting. And I want you to listen to this. You guys can make an impact in your communities and you can reach out. Do not comply. Make sure, if you can, that you try to make an influence with the community around you. I would encourage you to get in touch with your local church, with your families, with your friends. Now is the time to get tight-knit and to closely form friends and bondships with people. Because if you do that in hard times, you I promise you, you will never be worse off for it. Thank you for listening to The Conservative Connection. We're going to close out with a speech, and God bless. It's good to be back. But it is not the goal that renders a system oppressive. It is always the methods by which the goal is pursued. Whenever a government claims to have the people's interest at heart, you need to think again. In the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite sincerely concerned about the well-being of regular people. What makes any of us think that it is different now? If the Age of Enlightenment has brought forth anything, then certainly this. Never take anything any government tells you at face value. Always question everything any government does or does not do. Always look for ulterior motives and always ask, cui bono, who benefits? Whenever a political elite pushes an agenda this hard and resorts to extortion and manipulation to get their way, you can almost always be sure your benefit is definitely not what they had at heart. As far as I'm concerned, I will not be vaccinated with anything that has not been properly vetted and tested and has shown no sound scientific evidence that the benefits outweigh the disease itself in possible long-term side effects, which to this day we don't know anything about. I will not be reduced to a mere guinea pig by getting vaccinated with an experimental drug. And I will most assuredly not get vaccinated because my government tells me to and promises in return I will be granted freedom. Let's be clear about one thing. No one grants me freedom, for I am a free person. So I dare the European Commission and the German government Throw me in jail, lock me up and throw away the key for all I care. But you will never be able to coerce me into being vaccinated if I, the free citizen that I am, choose not to be vaccinated. And corn pop was a bad dude.
When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.